I'm Ruma Tenbrink, and welcome to the Children's Bedtime Stories podcast for adults. I am so excited to be reading to you my first book this evening. I really hope you enjoy this, and I hope it helps you fall asleep in a beautiful slumber and take you to a faraway land. Thank you so, so much for listening. World-renowned musician, environmentalist, and humanitarian, Dave Matthews, in collaboration with popular children's book author Cleet Barrett-Smith, has conjured an exciting and poignant fantasy about a girl who must confront her past mistakes before she can save her peaceful forest community from a gigantic threat. I am honored to read to you, If We Were Giants, Little Voices Can Have a Huge Impact. Let joy begin as we read Part 2, The Tree Folk. Part 2, The Tree Folk, Chapter 11 Kira was dangling upside down. Her body pressed against the tightly woven net, twigs and leaves mashing into her face. One arm was pinned to her side, but she was able to work her free hand up to clear a space so she could peek through a hole. A man ascended the trunk, moving with the liquid grace of a jungle cat. His clothing was all dull greens and dirty browns, allowing him to blend in seamlessly with leaf and limb. He was peering up at her through a screen of tightly braided hair, and his scarred hands and feet instinctively found grips for climbing while his eyes never left the net. When the man reached Kira's branch, he nimbly hoisted himself up and withdrew a long, sharp cutting stone from the waistband of his shorts. Kira was helpless to do anything but watch as he got closer and closer. Hey, Mom! The man bent over and squinted into the net. Oh, hello, Kira. He gave her a little wave. I was hoping to find the leopard that has been patrolling these parts. So sorry to disappoint you. Oh, well, he'll be back. Mom shrugged and sat down cross-legged on the wide branch. And what are you doing on this fine afternoon? Kira shook her head, or rather, she tried to. Being trussed up like this did not lend itself to much mobility. She settled for an eye roll. Well, at the moment, I seem to be stuck in this tree. My, my, so you do. Mom's brow crinkled matching the deep wrinkles that lined the rest of his face. He gestured at Kira's predicament like he had just noticed she was incapacitated. And why are you like this? You know why. Mom raised one eyebrow in a question. You did this, Kira said. This is your net. You caught me, in a trap, like a wild animal. Well, Perhaps you should not have wandered so close to my home. Mom shrugged. Like a wild animal? That's hardly fair, Mom. You change the location of your home every month or so. It's hard to keep up. 
He waggled a finger at her. One can never be too careful. I've seen many things in this life, young lady. Mom bent down and reached through the holes in the net to clear away some leaves, revealing more of Kira's face. He studied her for several moments. Do you know what I think? Kira tried to blow a stray lock of hair out of her face. What? I think you have sad eyes. They've always told me that you've seen some things in this life as well. After a long silence, he added, Yes? Kira looked away. You know I don't talk about things like that. The past. But we cannot know the future. So what else is there to talk about except the past? How about we talk about you getting me out of this net in the very near future? Oh my, so feisty. He leaned forward and squinted at her, then poked tentatively at an elbow that was sticking out of the net. Are you sure you're not a leopard? Kira just rolled her eyes again. Mom chuckled and reached up with his cutting tool, hacked through a section of rope, and the entire net came apart. Kira was unceremoniously deposited onto the broad branch with a thump. Oof! She clambered to her feet, rubbing her lower back where she had smacked the limb. Hmm, strange. I thought leopards always landed on their paws. I'm not your leopard, Mom. He tilted his head this way and that, chin in his hand, studying her. Finally, he gave her a dismissive wave. Oh, I suppose not. But you should come to my humble house anyway and share a drink with me. I'm working on a new concoction with honey and berries. You will love it. Mom talked with his hands and his eyes went all crinkly when he was excited. Kira was still dusting herself off. I would do that, Mom, really. But I need to get to the salt caverns before dinner, and I'm late already. She turned to step away, but Mom took her gently by the shoulders. We have not chatted in a long time, and I have plenty of salt at the moment. How about this? You take as much as you need, and then spend the time you saved visiting with old Mom. Kira chewed on her lip, weighing the offer. It would be nice not to have to haul herself all the way to the caverns. And Mom always treated her with kindness. But still, talking to him was like walking through a maze where a memory trap lurked behind every corner because he was also... It's called borrowing from a neighbor, Kira. And in some parts of this wide world, it's actually quite a common practice. She looked down. I know about borrowing, she mumbled. And I know about neighbors. Mom gave her a gentle smile. I had a feeling you did. The old man leaned in and tapped her forehead. I think that a time when you learn to borrow from neighbors is part of your story. Kira turned her head away. Come now he nudged her in the ribs. If you and I start acting neighborly and borrowing from each other, who knows? The practice might catch on with these folks. Moam gestured at the surrounding forest. Kira turned to face him again, 
That was another reason she had always liked this man, ever since she first arrived. He spoke to her as a fellow outsider. Like her, Mom hadn't been born into the tree folk, so the two of them shared an unlikely bond. Hmm. How far away is your new house? Mom pointed directly overhead. We're practically there. This, he kicked at the fallen net, is my last line of defense against all things leopardly. He reached up and disappeared into the leaves above. Kira sighed and followed. She saw his house immediately. Though it was a pretty bare-bones operation, thatched roof woven among the branches to keep the rainfall away, a single hammock and a few shelves harboring Mom's meager accumulation of possessions. Soon Kira was sitting in the guest chair, a bunch of thick, soft moss that had been stuffed into the V created by two branches emerging from the trunk at the same spot. She was able to lie back and relax a bit, holding a wooden cup of the honey juice that Mom had whipped up. It was delicious. Okay, this is pretty cozy, she admitted. But why do you change houses so often, Mom? Sipping from his own cup, the older man tilted his head and gave her question some thought for a few moments. He always did that. Most adults answered right away, even if they weren't completely sure about what they were saying. It was like they just wanted to get the conversation over with as quickly as possible. Mom taking time to weigh her words was proof that he took them seriously. Well, I suppose it's because if you work really hard to build a perfect home, and you spend all your time filling it with this and that, it becomes easy to confuse what truly belongs there with what doesn't. What do you mean? He turned back, fixing her with his soft gaze. It's the people in a house that matter, not the house or the possessions. Never the things. Kira nodded. Sometimes when he said something, it hit her in the core of her being and sounded right without her having to think about it. Mom glanced away, looking absently at the surrounding trees. His face fell a bit as he stared at nothing in particular, as if dismayed by a distant memory. When he spoke again, his voice was much quieter. And also because you can never be sure when you might have to leave your home quickly. Not being too attached makes that easier to do. Kira flinched as if he had reared back to strike her. The older man noticed the reaction. He gently placed a hand on her arm. Sometimes when I say things to you, I can see storm clouds roll across your eyes. He patted her for a while, Letting Kira gather herself, finally, Mom said, Will you at least tell me what happened to you? Share part of your story with me, where you came from, perhaps? I may be able to help you, Kira. She just shook her head. There's nothing to tell. Everyone has a story. I don't like stories, she said quickly. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, 
Mom sighed deeply. They are what make us different from the animals, you know. What are you talking about? Kira knew she had to step carefully. Mom could surround her with memory traps before she even knew what was happening. This could end very, very badly. But still, it had been so long since she'd heard a new story, or even heard anyone say something good about stories. Salt was not the only thing that the tree folk failed to share with one another. Moam leaned forward from his perch in the hammock and gestured to the forest floor far below. I'm sure you've noticed that the animals are much better suited for life in this hard world than we are. Warm fur coats, sharp teeth, claws that work like a handful of tools, the power to run much faster or jump higher or even fly. They should be in charge of everything. Kira might be nervous about where this conversation was headed, but it was always a treat to watch Moam get worked up about something. His eyes shone like they were sparkling in the light of a campfire, and his fingers danced in the air as he gestured to emphasize his points. But the beasts do not have stories, and that is our one advantage. He grinned and waggled his eyebrows at her. Stories pass on hard-earned knowledge to the next generation. They gather communities together for the telling, and they show us what life is like in other tribes in distant lands. Even make us feel what those people might be feeling. It's like magic for your mind. Moam clapped as if his body needed an outlet for all of this joy. Kira couldn't help but smile a little at his enthusiasm but she kept it hidden by training her face downward, pretending to study the ground below. Moam leaned even closer, trying to establish eye contact with her. And perhaps, most importantly, they can teach us about ourselves. Kira allowed her mind to flash backward only for a moment. She saw a man, a woman, and a small boy sitting beside her around a campfire, the man, faceless like the others, was telling a silly story and the rest of them were cracking up, throwing their heads back with laughter and clutching one another. The woman turned in her direction and... No. Kira shut that memory down hard. Finally, she shrugged and looked back at Mom. Her voice was very quiet. And sometimes, stories are just for fun. Exactly! Moam broke into a giggle that made him sound like a much younger man. That is indeed the truth, and isn't it wonderful? The leopard may have the speed and the strength and the teeth and the claws, but when does he even have a little fun? Moam shook his head, still letting loose, unselfconsciously, with his childlike snickering. Do you know any just-for-fun stories, Meerkat? She slurped the last of her drink and handed the empty cup to Moam. I think I should be getting back home now. Moam grabbed the cup, and before Kira could haul herself out of the comfy seat, he refilled it. Okay, the past is out. Stories are out. I understand. He wafted the drink under her nose. It smelled so good she found herself accepting it. 
Let us talk about the present, then, Moam went on. How are you getting along with your tree family these days? Kira leaned back and sighed. This was also difficult to speak about, but it was definitely preferable to trying to describe anything that might have taken place before. Things are, oh, they're the same, I suppose. She shook her head. Luan is as crazy as ever. Mom grinned. I'm glad you two have each other. I have not seen him buzzing around here recently, so please tell him I said hello. Catch him in one of your leopard traps and tell him yourself. He's the one who deserves that kind of treatment, not me. I might just do that. Mom took a deep breath and his grin faltered a bit. And Luan's parents? Any developments there? Kira shrugged. Not really. Loba concentrates on the hunt, while Maham does the fishing and foraging. They're a good team. I see them at mealtimes and in the evenings, especially if it's cold and the family is sitting around the fire. Mom nodded. And they are kind to you? Always, Kira said quickly. They have provided everything I need ever since the first day I got here. Never a harsh word, not once. I owe them everything. I know, I know, Mom held up his palms in a placating gesture. They take very good care of your physical needs. I'm just wondering, young Kira. Mom tapped his chest. Are they able to take care of your heart as well? She gave him a look. I don't need that, Mom. Just because I don't talk about where I came. Everyone needs heart care, meerkat. It's a simple fact and nothing to be ashamed of. She stared at him. She had not cried since she'd arrived in this forest, and she did not intend to start now. I know that, and they try, really. It's just that we've never made a real connection because, well, you come from somewhere else, Mom said softly. It took her several moments to answer. Yes. And that makes them uneasy. Kira swallowed heavily. Yes. She chewed on her lip in thought. But doesn't... I mean, doesn't everyone around here come from somewhere else? Originally? Why do you ask? The families. They look different from each other. And they sound different, too. Indeed. The first tree folk did come from many places. It's a patchwork community of sorts. Mom sighed and poured them each a bit more of the berry drink. You have more in common with these people than you think. Kira was silent, but made a keep-going gesture by twirling her fingers in a circle. As you know, communities can come to an end for many reasons. Resources dry up, or a flood displaces a tribe. Or sometimes, 
War breaks out. Mom saw Kira wince at that, and so he hurried along. Whatever the reason, sometimes survivors need to find a new place. That's what brought all these different people to the forest. Mom gestured to his little hideaway. Since they were running from something unpleasant, they decided to hide up here in the branches, create a safe haven for themselves, or at least make it so they feel safe. Mom let that soak in for a while. Eventually, Kira looked back up at him. So that's why this community isn't like one big family? Why people are polite but not, you know, friendly? That's exactly right. They might share when they need to in an emergency, but they don't share what's truly important. They don't share themselves. They're too afraid. His words, though spoken gently, crashed against Kira's ears. He might have been explaining how this community works, but he could have just as easily been describing how she had felt for the last four years. Moan paused and tapped her on the forehead again. Like you, they're not only afraid of others, they're also afraid of themselves. They are trying to forget their own stories, and since they've been here longer than you, a few generations perhaps, long enough to see you as an outsider, many of them have succeeded. He sat back again. But a community without stories is a sad place, he went on. It has no past, and so it has no future. Kira didn't answer. Sometimes not crying took all her concentration. Mom looked at her silently with sad but kind eyes. He didn't say, everything will be okay like most adults did when kids felt terrible. He allowed her to feel what she was feeling, and Kira was reminded again of why she liked being around him so much. Finally, the older man spoke. If you're not careful, Meerkat, you too may forget where you came from. You may forget your story entirely, as these people have. She sighed heavily. <sighs> That's the plan. Mom shook his head, but then he stood and stretched and lifted Kira's pouch from the branch where she had hung it. He found his salt bowl on a rough plank that served as a shelf, dumped the contents inside the pouch, and handed it to Kira. Come with me before you return home. I would like to show you something. <laughs> <laughs>